Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Summer Jobs. Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson wants to create more of them to give young people opportunities. And this is the week when those positions kick off in Chicago. So how well is the city's summer employment program working? That's one question that we're getting into with our next guest, WBEZ city politics reporter Tessa Weinberg. We'll also touch on the latest on services for migrants and more. Tessa, remind us, what is the city's summer jobs program? So it's called One Summer Chicago, and they help basically um, employ youth with community organizations, city agencies. They try to work with corporate partners as well to help cover some of those costs um, for wages for youth. And it's open to youth who are between 14 and 24 years old and, you know, trying to place youth in summer jobs and also, you know, working to provide opportunities year round as well. Okay. Now, we know that ever since the campaign trail, now Mayor... Brandon Johnson has said that he intends on creating more of these positions, right? More positions for young people in the summer specifically. So I'm curious what kind of situation he inherited. Mm -hmm. How did Lori Lightfoot leave things? Right. Yeah. So he has identified this as one of his top priorities in his first months in office. He wants to double the number of youth hires, says he wants to, you know, that's ambitious. It is very ambitious. Yeah. And make sure that not only does youth hiring, you know, double for the summer, but that it's something year round that the city's prioritizing. Um, But the one summer Chicago program has struggled to really bounce back from its pre-pandemic levels. You know, in the last several years, they've had tens of thousands more youth apply for jobs than there are spots. Um, Just even last summer, one summer Chicago employed a little over 20,500 kids in pay positions, which was fewer than half the number that applied. Whereas, you know, in 2019, before the pandemic, roughly 31,500 young people applied, which was nearly all that applied that year. And so, you know, he took office in May, which didn't really give him a lot of time to, you know, ramp up hiring very much. Um, And he was kind of locked into, you know, a budget for this program that was set by his predecessor. So it's really a short timeline he's inherited to try to make, you know, a big dent um, in the number of jobs, you know, for the summer that's already upon us. I don't want to lose sight of what you just mentioned, right, that the program hired over 31,000 young people. People, uh, back in 2019. Today, we know that that number's dropped by a third. What happened? Yeah, I think that's a tough question to answer with lots of different factors. But, you know, I think part of that is just we've seen businesses in Chicago, across the country, you know, dealing with, you know, the pandemic, trying to recover from that labor shortages, effects of inflation that are really pinching, you know, their budgets and overhead. So I think that's something that businesses are feeling across the board, which I think ultimately will also affect youth hiring. Um, And I think that's an area where the city knows it's really trying to bolster 
not just the jobs it offers through the city, but business partnerships. And that was something Johnson, uh, Mayor Johnson's really stressed of wanting to see kind of the corporate arm step up and be good partners to help, you know, provide more jobs that way as well. Yeah. What else do you got for us on, on what the mayor has promised when it comes to this summer programming? Yeah. So he's promised to, you know, double the number of youth hired this summer. And he um, gave an update on that Monday, which it does seem the city's off to a bit of a slow start. Because about- he's trying to get to tens of thousands Right. Jobs. Right. When he's when he says double, he's talking about what, Mm -hmm. like 40,000 jobs. Yeah. So uh, on Monday, when they gave the update, he said that they've been able to identify roughly 2000 additional jobs. So we're that's only a couple thousand out of the we're we're a ways away. Yeah, definitely. Um, And, you know, they've in the past years hired, you know, 20,000 some kids. Um, Yeah. My colleague, Mariah Wolfel, she's been following this issue closely. She had received numbers recently from the city and they said already so far, They've gotten um, over 50,300 applications, um, but that there's, you know, about 24,000, maybe 100 opportunities available this summer. Right. And a little over 20,200 of those have already been filled. Um, So clearly great need compared to just what's available. Um, And that was something that, you know, Mayor Johnson acknowledged and city officials acknowledged on Monday. More work needs to be done. Mm -hmm. They did say that, you know, they're excited about partners like Amazon and Chicago, you know, Cubs and Chicagoland Chamber of Commerce and working with them to increase opportunities. But that, you know, that there needs to still be growth that happens. Well, let's be real. He's just a little over a month into his first term, right? Uh, Which is not a lot of time for someone to make these big changes for this summer, (laughs) which has has just begun. We talked a little bit just now about the progress that the administration has been making towards their ambitious goals. What would you say they're doing differently from previous administrations, at least so far? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think getting those extra 2000 so far, I mean, that's a good start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, it'll be interesting as the program progresses, hearing from participants about what's changed, what they feel was better support. Um, that was something, you know, the Chicagoland Chamber of Commerce was there on Monday. They said they've had good dialogues with the mayor's administration, recognizing that, you know, not all industries are the same. There needs to be some flexibility for what different sectors need when it comes to youth employment um, and saying that. That, you know, so far, it seems like they've been able to be a good bridge between that public private partnership that's needed. So I think it's a little yeah. early to see exactly what they've done differently, but something will definitely. Be yeah, watching. I think so, too. Yeah. Well, big picture. Just why is it important for the city to create opportunities for youth in the summer? Mm-hmm. What does the mayor have to say about that? Yeah. Mayor Johnson. Keeping them busy. Yeah, in part, you know, he's really tied, you know, youth hiring as a way to reduce, um, you know, violence in the city, especially, you know, just the uptick we tend to see in the warmer summer months in Chicago. And he's talked too about hearkening back to his time as a teacher, saying he's seen firsthand, you know, the hope that's in students' eyes and, you know, what can come when there's a lack of opportunity for them. Um, And so it's really, I think, part of his more holistic approach to addressing public safety in the city. And like he says, you know, addressing these root causes of violence and in part is giving you know, kids opportunities to have jobs, to have you know activities in their neighborhoods and to, you know, support them. So, uh, I mean, realistically, how long do we anticipate before we see substantial growth here in, in summer opportunities for young people across the city? I mean, I, I think we got to at least wait till next summer to yeah. see a big difference. It's definitely off to a slow start. I don't know how much, you know, we'll see that grow this summer particularly. I think there's a long way to go till we hit, you know, doubling the number. Yeah. But I think, you know, one indicator is going to be look towards, you know, Johnson's, Amir Johnson's first budget that he puts forward this fall. You know, how he allocates city resources to really growing this program, funding it long term, increasing opportunities. Um, so I think that'll be one way to tell, you know, how those early investments are being made. Yeah. All right. Let's listen to Mayor Johnson from a 
press conference after Wednesday's city council meeting. This is where he addressed the, the business community's need to step up their involvement, as you described. We're also asking, as you know, the business community to step up. Now, look, many of them have. Many of them have made a commitment, not just for internships, but paid internships and not just summer um, opportunities, but year-round programs. It really is going to take all of us. The full force of government will be on display in the Johnson administration and working with the philanthropic community, working with the business community, as we all are invested in making sure that we maintain our status as the greatest city in the world that I'm grateful that we have a number of corporations um, that have responded to the call, but we certainly need more. I mean, how else do you think this administration can encourage businesses to step up? Yeah. As he's said. Um, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they do that, what kinds of maybe flexibilities they're giving for businesses in terms of participating and making sure it's a good fit for both businesses and right. youth. You know, the Chicagoland Chamber of Commerce was there on Monday and they seem to be yeah, their all hands is on deck. Yeah, is, is important. Right, definitely. Sure. Yeah, and they, they really seem to align with saying that, you know, that this makes sense for them not only to address, you know, public safety in the city long term, but providing uh, businesses with a new, you know, pool of labor to pull from um, and, you know, develop that talent long term, you know, as we face labor shortages. And so it seemed like it, it's something that could be a partnership that really addresses both immediate, you know, needs, but also long term developing, you know, the city's, um, you know, next pool of talent. Yeah. Well, last week, Tessa, we talked with you about the uh, the issues that migrants are facing as they try to secure housing in the city. What's the latest on that? Yeah, I think, you know, we're still um, in kind of the same holding pattern that we've seen the city in for months now of, um, you know, there not being enough space in city shelters. So we're seeing asylum seekers having to stay in police stations. Um, and sometimes, you know, you know, these are just there's not a lot of privacy. There's not a lot of space, per se. Um, and, you know, also at the same time, the city really trying to prioritize moving folks into more permanent housing and yeah. freeing up space in these city shelters. And the city seems to be eyeing even more shelters to be opening. Um, and so it's Are folks still sleeping in police stations? Yeah, we're still seeing folks sleeping in police stations. You know, some other outlets have done reporting, too, of um, asylum seekers, you know, talking about harsh conditions in city shelters or just conditions that they don't favor. And so choosing to, you know, not stay in the city shelters as well. Um, what kind of harsh dis- uh, conditions are they describing? Um, you know, I think there's been frustration from volunteers who have tried to help of the city, you know, you know, media has not really had access to these shelters. There's kind of a, um, you know, a system to be able to accept um, donations that the city's managing. And so that kind of has, I think, a filter that people are having to go through in terms of being able to, you know, want to help and provide and yeah. be there. Um, the, the Johnson administration has uh, floated, though, of, you know, a $25 million figure as money they want to put towards, um, you know, resettlement for asylum seekers, which I think is, you know, when looking at kind of the maybe long term systemic issues that mm-hmm. if we can, you know, help provide more permanent housing for folks, that'll relieve, you know, and provide spaces in these city shelters, which will hopefully get people out of, you know, police stations, which I think no one really wants to see that as a solution. So Right. Yeah. And, and or imagine that it would be going on for so long, mm-hmm. right? Right. Uh, what other sources of help are out there? So you just mentioned that money from the city. Right. Yeah. So there's been um, a rental assistance program that's been, you know, being administered through the state since the fall, um, you know, since November when we saw initially, you know, waves of buses of folks um, being sent to the city. That's still ongoing. You know, folks from the state have said that they are looking at how to, you know, continue this program into, you know, fiscal year 2024 and continue to provide um, funding for that. But it's it's a long wait. So, you know, when I tagged on for a couple, um, you know, who 
finally just got to move recently into their own apartment. Mm-hmm. They had been in city shelters since October, September. Um, and so wow. it's just, there's a finite, you know, small amount of supply maybe of housing, Jeez, affordable how housing. Is that? Right. Like nine, eight months. Right. Yeah. Um, and it just logistically it, it's, you got to find apartments, find landlords, sign a lease, apply for this assistance, get the assistance, find furniture for this apartment, move folks into it. So I think logistically, too, it's just a lot to get done yeah. with finite amount of resources. What was that couple's mood like? I mean, how how are they handling the day-to-day? Yeah, you know, they were really excited to have their own place, um, to get to move in. and But for them, even though this was, you know, a huge bright spot and, you know, a step up from, you know, they said living in the shelters was not easy, there was still so much you know, on their mind and so much anxiety about what comes next, that this is just one step in many that they have to face in terms of still waiting for an ultimate decision on their court case, seeking asylum status. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they really stress they want to work, um, but legally they're not authorized um, to work yet in the U.S. And so having to get by on side jobs where they can. And ultimately, their ultimate goal would be to get to reunite with their children um, who are still in Nicaragua, which was oh. their country they're from. And, you know, they had asked for even a, a slightly bigger apartment with, you know, and they, she showed me, you know, the room that they hope, you know, that her kids they're can planning. come and yeah. yeah decorate one day. And she for now, she's going to have to just show it to them over WhatsApp. And she already could, you know, predict what they were going to say. But wow. Well, Beyond housing, right? What infrastructure would you say the city needs to to better support migrants who are coming here to this sanctuary city? Yeah, no, I think that's that's a huge question. And I think that's something that from, you know, the nonprofits I've talked to who are all, you know, really doing this kind of work of the patchwork, you know, response to help provide some of this infrastructure temporarily. I think that question's on their minds of, you know, this has really been kind of a test of if Chicago is a sanctuary city, how do we live up to that? How do we really truly make this infrastructure to be a welcoming city? Yeah. Um, and I think that's going to, I think that remains to be seen how the city, what the city's ultimate approach will be, but it's everything from, you know, providing basic services, like a place where people can take showers to providing meals to more of, you know, apply, help applying for asylum and, you know, the legal loopholes and things like that to jump through and finding work long term. But, yeah, I think that's the next major question that's facing yeah. the city of, you know, who we want to be and how we achieve that. That's WBEZ City Government and Politics reporter Tessa Weinberg with an update on the Johnson administration. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. This episode of Reset was produced by Michael Liptrot, and it was edited by Ethan Schwab and Dan Tucker. Get more important conversations like this in your podcast feed Monday through Friday and on Saturday mornings. It's the perfect way to know what's happening in our city and the movers and shakers shaping its future. That's all for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.